We're doing Tucson later for a business thing, you know. What kind of business you in? One career all females have in common, being a woman. Something's crossed over me. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hello there, everyone. I'm back, singular, I, because it's just Emily this time again, but I'm super excited to have two awesome guests back with me. Hello. Hi. (laughs) I could not think of any any better guest, or I should say guests, uh, to have on the show to discuss the movie we're about to talk about. So will you two just reintroduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And we are from the Movies That Made Us Gay podcast. Hey, you like how we did that? It sounded Good to be back on. <laughs> yeah. The last one we did was a Judy Garland classic, which would probably be fun to watch right, right around now. We're getting close to Halloween. Good underrated Halloween movie. We might be doing it on our on show, show closer Ooh. to Christmas. I don't know, though. That is that would be a good Christmas one. It really is more of a Christmas movie. I think that's people remember it as a Christmas movie. Meet me in St. Louis. We did. We did a couple of months ago and that was a great time. So how have you two been? We've been doing well. Yeah, very busy. You know, busy October here. It's warm. Yeah, it's so hot in L.A. (laughs) Oh, my God, it is here. Yeah, today, uh, October 21st, as we sit here and record this. Mm. And I'm hoping today's our last 100 degree plus day here (laughs) yeah what are you at it's 83 right now oh my god yeah i think it was in the 90s and we're like dying yeah it was it was in the 90s this week yeah Uh, so we hit we're supposed to hit 100 and then drop down to like 85 abruptly so that's what it was like here last year i'm just ready to i'm ready for double digits it's been so hot for so long yeah <laughs> no we're sitting here going i'm dying it's in the 80s still i can't oh, believe it but yeah. no same thing here i think today yeah. is the last day and then it's just going to be 70s and smooth sailing for oh, at least week that or sounds two. awesome yeah well perfect uh, you know perfect setting and weather for this movie we're about to yeah. say set, set in your <laughs> in your uh in your current state my, my stomping grounds yes arizona yeah outside of sedona got in sedona yeah it's gorgeous up there so we should probably just yes mention well we will now name this this film we're talking about so today we're talking about the 1954 classic western johnny guitar it's definitely a cult classic it's a queer classic it's a feminist classic just looking at the poster i want this poster so bad (laughs) Oh, we have it's friend, a, great a friend of ours has this framed in her in her house yeah i want i want this poster did podcast this is one of her favorite movies yeah. yeah 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 so the two of you just literally just finished the movie mm-hmm. funny that we had never seen this this has always been a movie i think that we discussed it on our last appearance on your show there's always been a movie that i've been 
meaning to get to for years. Yeah. It's always been on my You were you were familiar with me in St. List. Louis, yeah. but with this one, I think the two of us had not really we were familiar with it as uh, a cult classic. Yeah. And we yeah. knew the theme. You mainly know Joan, just that image of Joan, especially from but, the very end. Yeah. But we oh God, yes. watched this movie just now. And I feel like I said this with Meet Me in St. Louis because I hadn't seen that movie either. Uh-huh. I watched this movie just now and I love this movie. Yes. I'm so glad. <laughs> I, I love this movie. We, it was so fun. I mean, did watch it off Pluto. Pluto. Yes, Pluto. I did too. That's where I watched <laughs> I it. How yes. an audience from <laughs> 1954 would take to watching a movie and then you just cut in a Diet Coke commercial. Oh my God. Every 15 minutes. You know, <laughs> hey, we saved ourselves the $4.99 to rent it. That was, I know. I, I, I downloaded the Pluto app just to rewatch this movie and it's worth it. Definitely worth yeah. it. And, and the breaks were short. Uh, mm-hmm. So listeners out there, you can watch it for free streaming mm-hmm. on Pluto TV. Yes. But no, I mean, Joan is just captivating. That's some star She's power. so good. Yep. She's got great speeches. Yeah. Mercedes McCambridge is so evil. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Oh my god. Wouldn't that be a fun Halloween costume? Like either one of them? I mean, yeah, I feel like Mercedes McCambridge, people might think you're just like, I don't know, like the woman in black or like the sure. the evil nun from like from in- from Insidious Chapter 2. Yes, that's true. Well, if you put the gun belt on, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but only like in certain circles would anyone know who you were who you were referencing. It would be a good couple's costume for two. That would be fun. Or even like I was messaging. I messaged you when uh, you had just done the uh, Switchblade Sisters episode. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so fun to dress up. I, but I couldn't decide: would I want to be Patch, yeah. or I want would I want to be Lace? And I can't decide. So yeah, Lace is pretty. Lace is pretty great. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. This this. <laughs> Real, this movie really hinges on those two performances, yeah. and they're so good. Uh, but I th- the but the rest of it is very like, and I mean, this is all in, you know, modern critical analysis of yeah, this for sure, yeah. But this movie is just for a western. It's just so like beautifully shot. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Colors. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Female driven western. Very interesting for 1954. I know. I've been trying to find a. I was like, I want more of this. There's right. this, there's the Furies with Barbara Stanwyck. There's another Stanwyck movie called 40 Guns. And then there are there are a couple of Anna Magnani films that were set kind of in this region, but they're more, you know, kind of like existential um, dramas, not as much like Westerns, like shoot 'em up Westerns. So not a, not a lot for sure. Yeah. What is your background with growing up on Westerns? Because it was something that growing up in Montana, my dad and my grandpa yeah. Whenever he would go over to my grandpa Pat's house, a Western was always on. Like he yes. would always be watching just daytime TV. And if it wasn't one of my grandma's soap operas, if it wasn't like Days <laughs> of Our Lives, it would have been something like Gunsmoke. Or Bonanza. Or like Bonanza, oh, yeah. an old John Wayne movie. Yeah. It was just always on the TV. Oh, and yeah. Also, when I when I visit my dad now, of if I just go over to his he place in the mountains, Gunsmoke. he still watches every yes smoke yeah Yeah. so i definitely grew up around a lot i don't i don't think that i watch too many westerns now but watching them watching them them with my dad when when i was a kid 
I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. So like not Western. And it was just, I had one sister, you know, girls, but like my dad, my dad is Filipino and he would tell us stories about when he was a boy in the fifties, he and his brothers would play act cowboys, like their idea of American cowboys. And they would just kind of swagger around and and like speak in gibberish of what they thought uh, um, English American English sounded like. So he, the idea of the cowboy, it's kind of part of the collective unconscious. Even for these little boys in the Philippines, like the fifties, they loved cowboy American cowboys. And then he, my dad loved the spaghetti westerns. I would watch some cowboy movies with him growing up. And then my husband's grandfather loves Western. So basically like whenever we would go over to their house, he always had gun smoke. (laughs) Like we've watched Westerns with him. Yeah. Apart from movies, it's just part of the American iconography. It's just the white cowboy, the man, the silent, the strong, silent Marlboro man. That's hard to say. Marlboro. Marlboro man. Marlboro man. Who sang about it? Paula Cole. She sang about her Marlboro man and uh, John Wayne. Yeah, looking for those cowboys. Where have all the cowboys gone, though? Where have they gone? I mean, I love I love cowboys. I love cowboy movies. I love westerns, but always hungry for a good female-driven western. This definitely fits the bill. Yeah. This is a movie that I was telling Pete that if I was watching this with my dad, he would get a huge kick out of this movie. Exactly. Of I think just the character of Joan, I could see my dad Pete, who's also named Pete, I could see my dad being obsessed with this character also. I could see I could see my dad getting a big kick out of her. Vienna, it's oh my God, she's everything. <laughs> she's Vienna so is amazing. And it's just like it's so perfect that it's Joan Crawford, you know, these past Joan. These speeches. Who, who else? Who else could have done who else could have been Johnny Guitar? Or not, oh, not Johnny Guitar. That's another discussion. Why is this movie called Johnny Guitar? Who else right. could have been Vienna? Maybe Stanwick. I think Stanwick could have done it. The interesting thing is that, and again, I don't know how apocryphal this is. These are 60-year-old stories, but right. according to the Wikipedia, oh, yeah. you know, Joan really kind of was the one spearheading this movie, right? Yeah. Joan yes. had rights to the novel. Joan brought it to the studios and I want to make this movie. And I guess for the character of um, Emma Small, Small, that she really wanted either Betty Davis or Barbara Stanley. Could you imagine? Come on. That would have been. This would have been Betty Davis coming right off of like All About Eve, too, if, if she did do it. That would have been so epic. I love, I love the idea of Joan Crawford re- requesting actresses for certain parts. Like, I want Stanwyck, or I want, you know, Betty, Betty yeah. David, the, or and it said also here that I don't, I'm not familiar with this actress, Claire Trevor. She really, really wanted, but that actress wasn't available. So <laughs> they, they, uh, I think the studio made a good decision with Mercedes McCambridge. Yeah, absolutely. She came to be known for playing like butch parts, so. <laughs> She, <laughs> I mean, it's that it's that voice. It's that iconic voice. I mean, yeah. who else to cast as the demon Pazuzu than Mercedes? Oh my God! Lord yeah, me, she was the she like early Butch icon. Like she, she played Luz Benedict in Giant, very like lesbian coded character, and then in uh, A Touch of Evil, she's famous for being the leader of this this like leather biker gang. So she's coded as she's just (laughs) 
Yeah. Wow. And it's so interesting. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this really has anything to do with her actual uh, preferences, but yeah. married twice. Yeah, married you know? twice. She yeah. had a child. But I mean, again, twice divorced. it was twice divorced. Yeah. But yeah, there's just something about this this delivery. She is she hates Vienna. Oh, you don't so unhinged. It is uh, absolutely unhinged. Yeah, the uh, the level like, of as soon as she walks in, yeah, she's unhinged. It's so good. It's amazing. Did you read on the wiki page about the drama behind the scenes with those with these two? Yeah, I kind of love that. I kind of love that too. So I guess Joan had dated um, Mercedes McCambridge's husband, Fletcher Markle. What a name! Right. Yeah. He had dated him in the past, so there there was that between them. Um, and I guess um, Joan Crawford and the director Nicholas Ray were in the midst of an affair at the time of the shooting. So, and surprise, surprise, Joan Crawford didn't like when any other actor was kind of <laughs> given more attention than, than she was. So she wanted the spotlight on, on herself. And rightly so, I'd say. I mean, this movie really is about her. According to legend, who knows if this actually happened? She <laughs> she threw um, McCambridge's costume into the street. I don't know if this happened. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Nicholas Ray said too that like it was great for the movie. Oh yeah, for the character, yeah. Just like you know, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Another movie that where Joan really spearheaded that. She was the one who was getting that film made. She was a go getter because there weren't any parts for for women of a certain age really. So she was really kind of the driving force, the engine behind these productions. McCambridge is on record calling Crawford a rotten egg, rotten egg lady. Ah, uh, a rotten egg. I love well, it. Well, Crawford herself said of McCambridge, I have four children. I do not need a fifth. Oh my God. <laughs> and the and then Sterling Hayden, who plays the titular Johnny Guitar, said, There is not enough money in Hollywood to lure me into making another picture with Joan Crawford. And I like money. Wow. Her, her treatment of Mercedes was a shameful thing. Wow. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Because it also says like even on Wiki, which it's Wiki, but it was saying, you know, plenty of people did say actually she was very professional. She was quite patient and generous and, um, you know, a good scene partner. Like, do you remember on um, TMC when they'd have those they'd have they'd spotlight an actor and they'd have someone come on and talk about their, you know, like they'd have, I don't know, Paul Newman come on and talk about Elizabeth Taylor or whatever. I remember there was one where Joan's co-star, can't remember her name, the one that she starred with in Mildred Pierce. Oh, uh, who plays Vita? Who played her daughter. Oh, she, okay. she did one for Joan and she just talked about, oh, she was a wonderful scene partner. She was really kind to me and really supportive and came in and screen tested with me. So you have a variety of reports on what Joan was like to work with. Well, I know that Joan also had the reputation with just not kind of uh her cast members but also the crew i mean there's yeah. also all of those stories of just kind of bringing gifts for like the light guys of that well these are the these are the men that are going to be lighting me so i just I better to, get on their good bring them like a gift on set and i could see joan for being one of those actresses that when she's doing her christmas cards at the end of the year oh. like, she's probably fully like 
writing out a card to like the guy that holds the boom mic. Probably with a signed eight by 10 or something. Right. (laughs) She met you once. She doesn't forget you. Oh yeah. I was listening to an, I was listening to an interview with her from, you know, way back in the day, but someone person interviewing her was talking about her reputation for remembering everyone. I guess she remembered everyone's name. Like on set by their first name. Yeah. Which is impressive. So. I always hear stories about that with Renee Selwiger. Oh, really? She meets everyone on set. She is kind of everyone that's going to be there every day on set. She always remembers them by name well, and like go. introduces herself. As I Renee. Hi, I'm Renee. <laughs> you know what? You know, another great campy performance is Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Yeah. It's raining. <laughs> I should <laughs> I kind of, I kind of stand by that Oscar. Scott loves, Scott I love, loves I love Renee. Okay. I do love that speech she gives, though. They stand out in the rain. They say, "Shit, it's rain." <laughs> Every piece of this is man's bullshit. They call this war a cloud over the land, but they made the weather, and then they stand in the rain and say, "Shit, it's raining." Be my, it's gonna be my my drag monologue. Oh, my oh so good. Yeah, when they when they do a lip sync. Oh, this would be perfect for that. This movie that's had someone's had done it, right? That, it has to have I'm been sure done. it's a yeah. favorite of Rue too. This oh. I just I mean RuPaul loves um Joan. Joan Crawford, and I don't think that they did it in the Joan unauthorized Rusical last no, season. Oh my god. They did. Why not? Oh, so good. Maybe the, there was some rights issue or something. All the money stuff yeah. just kind of sucked all the air out of the room. There was no, there was no room for other. For when, any- when Alyssa Edwards did Joan, Joan, <laughs> but like, but not the real one. Just, sure. just the mommy dearest version of Joan. It's all just mommy dearest quotes. Just yeah. Faye Dunaway. <laughs> yeah. Joan Crawford. Oh, I was almost thinking of Alyssa doing um, Annie Oakley. Oh, oh no. so fun. Oh, you know what? There's some, there are some Westerns. There are a couple musicals. There's, you know, Annie Get Your Gun. And what was the one with Doris Day? Oh, my God. And it's gay. It's super gay. <laughs> I know. Uh, Shit. Oh, what the big that? one, Doris Day. She got her only Oscar nomination for it. I I, I can't think what, of it. What was it? Um, no, no, no. It was, damn it. There's a song where she sings a woman's touch in it. And it's so gay. It's um Calamity Jane. Calamity Jane. That'd yeah. be a fun one to do as the Western. That and Annie, Annie Get Your Gun. Oh. Ooh, the poster for Calamity Jane. So coming. queer-coded. That movie is, yeah. I mean, like, Harvey Girls is kind of a Western. Oh, I love Harvey Girls. We did that on this. Mm. We already did it, but oh. <laughs> so good, so good. Yes. All right. So maybe let's, like, get into this movie. Just the basics stats on it so it was directed by nicholas ray who is kind of legendary so he he ended up directing i think like a year after this rebel without a cause yep. and he was loved by Truffaut and Godard. he was really influential on in like the french new wave they were big fans of his um and i think joan wanted him for this one and like she knew the author the author dedicated this book to her. <laughs> she owned the rights to the book. And so she was really getting this film made. She was a producer on it. She was kind of, she was pretty tight with the, the screenwriter. First, it was the the guy who wrote the novel. I think, what was it? Roy Chancellor, something like that. And then there was a script doctor named Philip Jordan that she worked with to develop her character more. And we can talk about that later. Um Based on the 1953 novel, Johnny Guitar by Roy Chancellor, and 
starring Joan Crawford, Sterling Hayden, Sterling Hayden, Mercedes McCambridge, Scott Brady, Ernest Borgnine. I was so happy when he showed up. <laughs> I love him. And John Carradine is in this. Yeah, I couldn't find him. Or, or, is I mean, he just I one of the? Attention. Is he just one of the guys in the town? He's the old Tom, I think he's the guy that gets shot defending her. Do you remember? Oh shit, that was John okay. Carradine. Okay, crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. What a what a legend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I I loved the the theme song. <laughs> Peggy Lee sings the theme oh, song. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good. Yep. And it was shot in true color, so not Technicolor, true color. Oh, which right. is why it looks the way it does. Sure. Released May 5th, 1954 by Republic Pictures, and it made 2.5 million. So I think it was a hit at the time. And we were reading about, or Pete was telling me about the studio that they were one of the Poverty Row production houses of LA. So, I mean, they wouldn't really, they would, they would usually do like the B movies. They would yes. do yeah. the deep genre, Western movies. Westerns, serials, yeah, things like that, and yeah, they weren't necessarily. I mean, it wasn't Paramount, Universal, Columbia. It no, was, you it, could tell it's low budget, but it looks so good. That looks great. There are wait, there's only really like two sets, really, like her saloon, and then there's the bank. And when they go into town, they're like, "Oh, we're going to town to go to the bank." There's it's, like nothing there. It's a bank, and right. you don't see extras. You don't see townspeople running around. It's just four guys in the bank. <laughs> House at the end of the movie, I think, was done probably partially on a lot too. Oh, their hideout! Yeah, their hideout. We love their hideout through the waterfall. Oh, yeah, that looked like it was on a set. Yeah, for sure, it did. You're (laughs) right. And uh, yeah, they they probably shot all the locations, outdoor stuff at one time, and then they went back to like a lot or something to shoot (laughs) shoot the rest of this. But yeah, you can tell it's low budget, but I think that's part of its charm. And what do you think of? Vienna Saloon. First of all, what do you think of the name Vienna as a character? She has no last name. It's just Vienna. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that kind of like old Western American, just like we're going to find a pretty name for this, for this pretty lady. I don't, it's, it's an interesting name. I love it. I think it's just uh, for someone who, what is this that she runs? It's a, it's, it's a bar with, she's got a gambling gambling house i wouldn't be surprised if she had sex workers there it's like a hotel do they mention rooms well she says she lives there sure yeah she lives above she lives on the like up the stairs in the loft and johnny guitar comes in the town because he's just gonna be playing music there i guess he he actually does play guitar Mm -hmm. he does play guitar that's the other thing about vienna's place what is it whatever i guess it's just like a storm when johnny first arrives at the beginning Mm -hmm. dust storm because i'm like well no one's here Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah there's like her two croupiers is that how you pronounce that croupier the the yeah the gambling guys with the green visors on and her bartender and she doesn't really and she gets a grand enter and she doesn't enter the film until like what 10 minutes in or something descending the stairs it's so good but i like to think that she invented herself like that's not her name her real name is like alice or something alice johnson and she's like no it's vienna (laughs) when she moved to arizona in the american west she took on a new identity i like that she's like i have no last name it's it's just vienna (laughs) she's like madonna marla or something yeah yeah yeah. marla's too like country she needs she says she goes no just just like um (laughs) 
what's what's her name in uh oh in um showgirls crystal connors that's not her name. what is crystal connors names got do you remember oh gosh, oh my god know. crystal connors real <laughs> name okay. from we'll texas <laughs> hold on christy lou oh god what yeah what's her name Crystal Lou Connors used to have ginger brown hair and little baby tits. It's amazing what paint and a surgeon can do. Cheetah. Oh my God, Gina Gershon. <laughs> queen. Oh, you know what? She'd be great in this. Gina she Gershon? Oh, Gina Gershon would be amazing in this. Yeah. Because that's what I'm thinking of too as I'm watching this. I'm just like, these oh, I can't two, find it. These two pitted against each other. Like, uh. I can't find it in a Google search. Yeah, the, the point is, it's not her name. Is yeah, she, she changed her name. She got a boob job. She reinvented herself in Las Vegas. So, but she named herself after Crystal. But she's like, it's Crystal. That's <laughs> oh, so good. I love in this scene where she says, "I just want to hear it spinning." Yeah. Like it just sort of it's the it's the illusion that the bar is busier than it actually is. She just likes to hear that. I and love it. it. It's like she always wants to be in control. She just likes telling people what to do. Just like right. spin the wheel. Yeah. Spin well, it. So they make this kind of not to do, but they kind of make it a point in the script for these men at the very beginning. And they don't yes. really touch on it later on. Right away. Yeah. But at the very beginning, right away, they're they're very much like, Well, I never worked for no lady before. You know, and they're like, oh, well, she, you know, they say something about like, she, you know, other than the fact that she's a lady, like, it's not like working, for, you know, yeah, I don't, they just make a big deal about like her running this place in and text. Yeah. Normal. In the text, they, there's the guy who's who like famously says, oh, Vienna, she's more, I've never met a woman that was more man. Yes. And, uh, He's introduced in pants. <gasps> you would think that kind of most movies of this time, if they're going to be doing just sort of wardrobe like that, you're going to introduce her wearing a dress. And then maybe in the last act, you'll she wears, Cause like, she has to, cause it's like wear pants because she's exigent. To. It's like, she has to, but nope, she's wearing those like black down the stairs and jeans. beautifully fit <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Yeah, right. Jeans, I don't know. In the old west, I guess. Yeah, Levi jeans. Those I think jeans are actually a lot older than we think. Yeah, they they were around back. in the eighteen seventies, you know, eighteen eighties. But yeah, those were like black de- cinched <laughs> waist. Perfect <laughs> snatch, right? Yeah. Um yeah. And then you're right though, they do mention that a couple of times. There's the guy, the old Tom, John Carradine. He's the one who said I he said something like, I never thought I'd end my days working for a woman and liking it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so they're okay working with uh, working for Vienna. She's a good boss. And she does take care of her employees. You know, at the end, when she tells them to run, she's like, here's your pay. (laughs) Get get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of does does good by everybody. She's like, the lynch mob is coming. Get out. (laughs) I'm standing my ground. I'm going to die here. (laughs) So regardless, if you have attitude with Vienna, once you step in her saloon, you're probably going to quickly change that tune when oh, you have a conversation with her. That's her place. Yeah. And what great scene blocking when she comes down the stairs and she's just like above everyone, yeah. like the astronomical levels of bad bitch energy. <laughs> she has like a gun belt hat, you know, kind of like falling down one hip and she's just 
Oh my god. Yeah, it's her little like Han Solo like sure costuming but you know like you're right scott like what uh, what scott was saying was i feel like in in another movie Mm -hmm. you know the let's say they would have a woman who this is her saloon and casino but yeah maybe she would be dressed like a you know like a madam and like a bustle on a course Mm -hmm. all that but you know that's 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 not that's not vienna's gig man and she's got like i don't know that her hair is short i think it is is it short? It's just Joan's hair. Joan's yeah. like, I'm going to be Joan. She's like, I'm going to be me, which is kind of what she was like in every movie. Like she always had the shoulder pads and the eyebrows and the lips. It didn't matter like what century. <laughs> She's like, this is my look. Yeah. And also the character's look. You can deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think she would have had that short hair. And like, what is this? It's pre 20th century. Like, yeah. I mean, this is probably Civil War roughly times. around the Civil War. Yeah, usually. Yeah, so she wouldn't well. have had that hair. It, that's just, yeah, it's part of the charm is she has like bright red lipstick and yes. she yeah. just looks like Joan Crawford. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, it, you know, it works because Vienna gets gets things done the way she likes them done. Even her, even her, her, her makeup that's probably full of lead. Oh, yeah. That, those red <laughs> lips. Like, oh, I mean, so I guess red. he was getting that from like the local. Well, that's what we were saying too about her the local trading post. Scott's like, her... where is she getting, where are they getting the dyes for this like red, like scarf? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. What, like, as that's when you just like, okay, this yeah. is a fantasy world a little bit because she's just, <laughs> when, when, um, <laughs> when Turkey, the little Turkey. Oh, I love oh, turkey. turkey. When he walks in and, and I'm like, why is he wearing bright yellow? Why? And it's because Joan was going to wear that later. So, yeah, that's was, true. Yeah, because he re- wears it at the beginning and then she wears Turkey's clothes. It's at the part end. of her color story was like yeah, bright yellow. Who and red. plays Turkey just died in 2020. He died yeah. early 2020. Well, he was one of the youngest ones. He was like literally mm-hmm. like 19 or 20. When I mean, he was only born in 33. Yeah, so he would have just been in his early 20s. Yeah. He was, um, I remember seeing him in another movie from this era with Anna Magnani, speaking of, the rose tattoo. He's the little oh, yeah. guy the that... With um, Anna... Yeah, Anna Magnani. Anna Magnani, yeah. He was, I was like, oh, that guy. Um, but Turkey. He's he's like, I called him Turkey the Twink when I saw him. He's just this... <laughs> well, and I feel like there was always this type in a Western movie. I mean, yeah. kid. Little skinny yeah. kid, young, yeah, but he cracked me up. Yeah, yeah. And he was just trying to impress Vienna so hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and well, that was the other thing too. I mean, we'll we'll get to that later on when he has yeah. his moment of like showing off his his like his gun skills. His gun skills. She, you know, she charged uh, uh, MacIver for that bottle of whiskey. I'm like, yeah. oh, Turkey, now you owe her for a salt shaker, a pepper. <laughs> I know. I was like, what are you doing? I like I was like glad when when Johnny Guitar Sterling hated shot mm-hmm. his gun out of his hand. I was like, stop shooting her stuff. Ruining her thing. It's not cheap. Fine things. Yeah. This all of yeah. a sudden imported from like New York. I know, right? Especially when this town is in the middle of nowhere. But yeah. so the plot is basically it's pretty simple. Um Vienna, no last name owns right. this saloon that's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. This movie was shot in Sedona. Well, parts of it at least were shot in Sedona. But she is excited because the railroad is about to come through and she's she's going to make her fortune that way. 
um but the townspeople <laughs> led it's like mob rule it's like yeah. uh there's the mayor but really he answers to emma small who is um this cattle baron baron not baroness cattle baron mr baron <laughs> Yeah, Cattle Baron, and she kind of really runs the show, and uh, she hates Vienna so much. much. And to the point where, I mean, this is where the queer coding comes in, is that she's so obsessed with Vienna, and in text, it's like, oh, she's in love with the dancing kid, and she's jealous because the dancing kid uh, likes um, Vienna, but really, she never takes her eyes off of uh, (laughs) Vienna, She's yeah. obsessed with her to the point that it's unhealthy. It's just like this passionate obsession and fixation. So it's very queer coded in that way. It's like she's sublimating her lust for uh, Vienna into just hatred. Hates her, hates her, hates her. Yeah. So Emma Smalls and her little minions, her blackies, basically the entire town who are all men in this movie right it's just like emma smalls in a horde of men dressed in black that are there to do her bidding she comes into the saloon with her brother's dead body and lays him out on the table and she blames uh this gang led by this character named the dancing kid blames him for robbing the stagecoach and killing her brother and then by implication also vienna because she she accuses them of all being in league with each other she doesn't have any any proof at all she just hates them she hates vienna so much and it's implied that she's in love with the dancing kid so did they actually rob the stagecoach no they didn't i was also confused as to what (laughs) because when you see them robbing the bank yeah but I was kind of thinking like, well, maybe oh, they did. Maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe yeah. They did. I did research. I looked into it and no, it wasn't even them. They were not the guys that were, uh, that robbed that stagecoach in the very beginning. Okay. And throughout the movie, like you keep seeing this ex- explosions happening all over <laughs> it's right. because, because they're blowing up the, the mountainside so they can put this rail, you know, the railroad tracks they are laying the railroad tracks down. So Emma is blaming Vienna and her alleged crew of miscreants for killing her brother, robbing this stagecoach. And then she just goes off on a tirade of why Vienna is evil and <laughs> why she hates her. Yeah. <laughs> and why she needs to leave. Yeah, they're just trying to run her out of town. And Vienna's just like, all right, dude, whatever. But I own this. I own this land. Uh, you don't own the whole town. You don't own. I the mean, like, they're afraid of opening up this community to the rest of the world. Which is like, that would benefit you. Like, yeah. but I mean, locals get very protective over just kind of their territory. Yeah. They don't want it. They don't want everybody up in their business. Hey, yeah, they, they know that they know Vienna for sure will profit from all these men coming in and frequenting her saloon. I think uh, Emma was worried that they'd buy up all the land and because she's a cattle baron. So she doesn't want any kind of competition that way. Sure. And of course, there's no reference to Native Americans at all. <laughs> it's like, well, you ran them out. Like, what are you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like, but, but, but the train's coming. Like you can't stop it. You cannot stop it. Nope. Yeah. 
no, no. And she just hates this she just happening. hates Vietnam so much. So I, mean, I think that I think the character is just I think the character of Emma is also just kind of I think that she wants in on it. Yeah. And she knows that probably Vienna wouldn't have that. So that's yeah. kind of what leads to her crusade against her. I don't know. Later on in the movie, it gets re- it gets pretty clear when Vienna or when when Emma is talking to the town. Yeah. Like these people are going to come in and they're going to like fuck you all up. Yeah. We don't want them. So it really does make it seem like she's pretty like xenophobic. Oh, yeah. Racist, you know, yeah, she's um that are going to come. Yeah. They're going to be the Irish. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're, yeah. The Chinese like, yeah. Chinese people here to build this railroad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Emma is coming to it from a very xenophobic, very frightened place of these others are going to come in and they're going to take our town over. I'm just, I'm just, but like, also she just, I'm just, wanting, on I'm just wanting like a Vienna and Emma like partnership. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Working together. They should. But... Lesbian power couple for sure. <laughs> but no one would be able to mess with, with them if they just joined forces, if they could only see. But yeah. She's fanatical. And I love how Nicholas Ray shoots her at, like near the end when she comes in and she's, She's in her iconic morning gown, the black with the gun belt, and every all the men file in behind her and like triangulate around her. It's yes. so good. She's literally missing like a wart on her nose and like a pointy hat. Like yeah. is the gestures that she makes yeah. like with hands. Yeah. Like she makes these like claw hands. She does. And like she like outstretches her arms very like witchy kind of so like motions and movements and what yeah there's some really re- like Joan Crawford has some great speeches as yeah. but but Emma Small really has some like, she does yeah. which I think Joan Crawford was upset about she's like no <laughs> I get all the best speeches and Joan's like favor I guess you really hate Emma. You really want you a good. You want her. a good foil for like, her. Yeah, like, you're waiting for her to get her comeuppance. And yeah. I, with the character of Vienna, you're on her side. Yeah. So for Joan, maybe I don't know if that would give Joan a little bit of like solace. I think it would give me. Yeah. If I'm a actor, at least I would be like, well, I'm not the one that the audience hates and is yeah. rooting for to die. A know? worthy foe for for yeah. your hero. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I love I love how she is she's dressed in black and all of the the mob is dressed in black and white. Yeah. And um it's so iconic when when they burst in angrily when they're they are for real going to kill her. They, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, there's no this is mob rule. The sheriff they they tell him to back down. He's like you can't do this. Yeah. You, you cannot just lynch someone and they're yeah. like, "Well, we're going to." <laughs> Like they're like the the I for I already forgot his name Emma Small's little second in command the mayor oh, yeah. I guess MacGyver's, MacGyver's. He's, like, he's like well I gave her twenty four hours to clear out it's like you yeah. there's no legal basis for any of this it, you'd have no right to even drive her out of her own property like, like yeah I told you twenty four hours ago that you couldn't do that yeah 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 so anyway oh, wow Ward Bond who plays MacGyver was in It's a Wonderful Life and The Searchers okay. No, he did another Western, right? The Searchers, right? Hold Western. Plays Bert the Cop and It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, the Cop. So good. And Clayton in The Searchers. Okay. Yeah, I thought he looked a little familiar, but yeah. I, Bert the Cop. So good. Um, but yeah, she, uh, I love that beautiful shot of Vienna 
in her white dress at the piano with the red rock wall behind her. It's so with her with her just casually playing the piano as they just walk in. She's just like, what? That shot is everything. You you told me to die for. I'm just like, so good. I don't have anybody working here, but I'm just like, oh, and by the way, I'm just we're we're, playing the piano. We're watching going. Did Vienna build her bar into the side? (laughs) Yeah. One of the four walls of this establishment is the red, one of the red rock cliffs of Sedona. It's gorgeous. It's who die for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So good. And yeah, that's first of all, when we first see her in this white gown, this spotless white gown, I'm like, oh, all right, this is going to get dirty. Nope. Turkey bleeds all over her. Nothing. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Joan wasn't going to have that happen because. (laughs) There's going to be multiple takes. Okay, so sidebar. I'm on Joan Crawford's Wikipedia right now. And okay, you know what's kind of iconic about it? Okay. Born 1906. March 23rd, 190. Question, question mark. Oh. She yep. would never give away her age. But then, you know, I saw that and I was like, come on, someone has to know. <laughs> and the year I did find elsewhere was 1906. But I love that on her wiki, it says we don't even know. I mean, oh it God. makes sense because Joan, I mean, she grew up poor. So, I mean, maybe Texas, even right? Like, right in, maybe in even Texas. Texas wasn't right. really sure. He didn't even know. I wouldn't be. Yeah. So who knows? He would have been like around 50 then. Right. When this movie came out or close to 50 or we don't know how old she was, but probably around. Around like it was 1906. Yeah. And she's also a full, I guess, maybe 10 years older than Mercedes McCambridge. As yeah. Well. 1916, I think. Yeah. Nice. Which is interesting to, I mean, for these two characters, but yeah, uh, yeah, push, pushing fifty, still, still look great, you know, like still looking like Joan. <laughs> Joan, yeah, it's, it's just the classic face. Because, like, wait, when did Mildred Pierce? Was that nineteen forty-five? Yeah, nineteen forty-five. Yeah, this would have been almost like ten years to. Know and that. Mildred Pierce wow. was like her Hollywood comeback. Comeback. I mean, and it's kind of interesting that the character that it's not, it's not a character beat that Vienna is old. No, you don't have to explain no. yeah. why she's in this movie. Kind of like a lot of other films. Yeah. At the time. I mean, kind of like all about Eve. Like she's not, it's, she's not an old maid. Yeah, she's not. Oh, I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah, you're right. Vienna's not. She's not an old maid. She's not mm-hmm. like, why aren't you married? Yeah, it's not built out. into she's the just, into the. They kind of treat her like a man where they're like, we don't care that you're not married. It doesn't matter. Like. And she's she's definitely had lovers and stuff. And people are just like, yeah, that's Vienna. She just does what she wants. Okay. So sp- speaking of her various past lovers. Yeah. Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so the dancing kid. Oh, right. my God. <laughs> what a name. What Why? A name. He's like clearly forty-five years old. He's like, I'm the dancing kid. Well, well, I've been a kid. For well, a long when time. they were when they were talking about the dancing kid, and then you see Scott Brady. I was not expecting someone that looks like Scott Brady. Right. Oh, no. I was thinking they like refer a... to the dancing kid for a while before. Like, he... I was like, why wouldn't it be? I was like, Turkey looks like the dancing kid. Like yeah. Somebody like Turkey or yeah. somebody like Jeffrey Hunter. From yeah. This... Right, right, yeah. right. Like a 25 year old, like yeah. skinny guy. And what is, what kind of dances? It's just, he never dances. And they even joke about it where he's like, you know, he immediately has a problem with the Johnny guitar and they're in competition, but he's like, do you even play that? And yeah, Johnny guitar does play the guitar, but we never see dancing kid really dance. Well, I take it that the name, the Squ- dancing square kid, dancing? 
Yeah, he like spins Emma Small around, but he doesn't like do a little jig like well, you'd expect. That's a dancing kid if you're an outlaw, is that if you're shooting at him, oh. he's going to be dodging your bullets. I don't know. And he's going to be dancing and yeah. he's going to be dancing around. Sure. That's what I think. All right. Maybe. But he doesn't, you're right. It look It's weird. And I was reading that like um, all of the entire crew, like, dancing kid and his whole crew they're all new yorkers all those actors are oh okay yeah which is why they feel kind of a little yeah out of place (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. ernest borgnine he's one of them (laughs) i could see the characters are written probably in the book for being younger too like kind of how movies were made back then it's just sort of you just saw old dudes speaking in roles like this yeah Yeah. all right so we've got turkey 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 played by ben cooper how did he get his how do you get the name Turkey? Why do yeah. they call him Turkey? It's not like chicken. Like Turkey's not like your like your yellow or anything. Interesting. Okay, so we have uh Ernest Borgnine as Bart. Yes. My friends call me Bart. All right, Mr. Lonergan. Ooh, I like that. And then we have Corey. Uh Royal Dano is the actor who plays Corey. And Corey is coughing up a storm. Sure. Dying and, of tuberculosis, basically. That's what I'm saying. I think I feel like don't, Corey is literally dying of tuberculosis or yeah. diphtheria or something. Because when they do get back to the hideout, he gets in bed under the blankets <laughs> up to his chin. He has tuberculosis. I'm He's pretty sure. Dying. He is on death's Ernest door. Ernest Borgnine put him out of his misery. He just stabbed him. Yeah, and it's just a little. It's not addressed. No. It's a little character beat that Royal Dano was just like. I'm gonna play. I'm dying. Corey's dying. In my head, Corey's got the black lung. He yeah. is not long for this world. And he just does these little things where if you pay attention, you see it. And if not, Pete, you don't even notice. Did you see on Wiki what he does the voice for at, at Disney? Tell he me. is the voice of Lincoln in the animatronic. Of oh, my God. <laughs> right out of town. Iconic. I know. Okay. That's he- so funny. What a name, too. Royal Dana. Any relation to Paul Dano? Possibly, I, I wonder because you know we got we have John Carradine who has his many right? sons. <laughs> Royal Dano looks like he was probably a Lincoln, like maybe. Oh, he yeah. him. He I kept him. confusing him with John Carradine. Right, confusing the two of them. When yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, which one is old Tom? Oh, that one. <laughs> That's funny. It says uh, he was perhaps best known for playing cowboys, villains, and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. He probably played him a couple of times, but yeah, I just found it so interesting that this one gang member or like character yeah. in, in in the gang is just like subtly doing this little bit where mm-hmm. he's like very hacking he up is a very sick hacking man up his, hacking yeah. up a yeah and 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 the dancing kids gang is kind of they're pretty ragtag yeah say this is a motley crew like you you got the dying one you got the little boy and you got. For 1950s standards, like old Tubby, <laughs> Ernest, Ernest, yeah, Ernest Borgnine, and they're just regulars at uh, saloon, yeah, in a saloon, yeah. Yep. So every well, Emma is trying to stir up hatred against them just because mm-hmm. they do associate with Vienna. She calls Vienna a railroad tramp. Oh my God! Those are fighting words. Uh, yeah, gonna be my my new like <laughs> railroad uh, tramp. It's gonna be my new uh, like uh. Twitter. Claim it. No, 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 claim it. You know what? I my sister is obsessed with Taylor Swift, and I learned that t- 
Taylor Swift, I think it was Kim Kardashian, called her a snake at one point, and yeah. she claimed it. She's like, yep, snake. Like, that became part of her brand. Absolutely. Just claim Railroad Tramp. Claim it. It's like uh, there's a, there's a bit my handle. In, in Pink Flamingos where Babs says, like, she introduces herself on the news. Mm-hmm. Like, my name is Babs. What's her last name? And she said, and I'm a, and I'm a troublemaker and a shit kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, what was what was the line in um in uh Switchblade Sisters? She's oh. like Jezebels. Yeah. We're Jezebels. We're impudent women. Impudent women. <laughs> <laughs> you girls know what a Jezebel is? An immoral, shameless, impudent woman. Yeah, I Babs, love it. Uh, Railroad, Babs Johnson. Babs Johnson. Yeah, Railroad Tramp, Impudent Woman. It's all, yeah, I love Isabel's, it. Yeah, we're claiming it. And I love it. And I wonder if this was Joan's choice or if it was direction. Every time Emma insults her, calls her a tramp, she, a number of times, she yeah. doesn't even react to it. She uh-huh. just, she's like, whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, that's, that's like the best part of, of Vienna is that she, yeah. she knows how mad Emma is. She knows mm-hmm. that, like, that she can just wind her up. And I think, yeah, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. She, like, doesn't even, I'm not even sure how many. Do we hear Joan Crawford shout at all in this movie? She, she speaks very confidently, but I don't know if she ever yells. She's right. very in control. Darn. Yeah. Even, even at the end when they kind of like, they're going to hang her. <laughs> yeah. I think that she, yeah. You like so- when, when, what's his name, when John Carradine kind of like goes in and tries to, tries to start a little shootout. She's just like, what'd you do that for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the only time when she's just like, why'd you do that? You know? Yeah. When he's dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. She's very measured, very calm. And Whereas we- um, Mercedes the Cambridge is unhinged. Yes, absolutely. She's <laughs> kind of at a 12 from the <laughs> beginning, but it works. It, it's yeah. So they're out for her. And I guess we haven't talked too much about Sterling Hayden yet. But uh, sure. yeah, I mean, so it's the least interesting role in this movie. <laughs> and why is it named? Why was the book called Johnny Guitar? And why was because I could get I could get or understand at least a 1950s movie studio saying, well, OK, it's a Western. We got to call it Johnny Guitar. To like, appeal to the like a male audience. Maybe not- some people were confused when they came in and they're like, this is the Joan Crawford show. <laughs> It's a very like but the book. Um, yeah, you're right. The author decided to call it Johnny Guitar, and, and Joan Crawford was, I guess, okay with the movie being called that. I guess she didn't fight for calling it. I don't know something about Vienna. When you watch the movie, or if you probably read the book like she did, she knows that the movie is called Johnny Guitar, but the standout character is me. Of uh, that, regardless of what you think, you might even. I just assumed when going to the movie that Joan was named Johnny Guitar. I know. I me too. Me too. Yeah. You kind of think that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's just a kind of a, a byproduct of the time that you're just like, what's a Western? You got to name it for the, you the know. guy. And he he's the one that comes into town. It starts off like a he's kind of the catalyst of the plot. It's, um, it's off like an average Western. He's a stranger that wanders in and you're you right know, and shows up. But then mm-hmm. wanders into another movie. It's yeah. so subversive. It really is. Because you're right. It does start out like a classic Western with this lone man on horseback riding into town, witnessing this robbery. And then, yeah, Joan doesn't show up until I didn't even t- I didn't notice the time, but like 10 to 15 minutes in. But I guess he was known for playing these big macho men, okay. um, st- this actor, Sterling Hayden. And 
he really is a he's a big guy. <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. He he's a big tough man, but he's playing. <laughs> he, he's just like so yeah. desperate for Fiona. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like he would. He his whole his whole deal is that he's Johnny Guitar. He he Vienna hired him. Yep, come to her saloon to play his guitar, do his thing, all that. His whole deal when he gets there is they're like, well, where's your gun? And he's like, I don't have guns. I don't (laughs) like guns. You know, whatever. But then he secretly, and we find out that he's like this, you know, trick shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's hiding all that because he kind of wants, so he's got a backstory. Mm -hmm. He's got, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, this mysterious, you know, past. His real name is Johnny Logan. Yeah. And we learned that they have a romantic past from like five years ago. They were together five years ago, but she, he, she, he didn't want to settle down. And so Vienna moved on. She's, and oh my God, this exchange when I mentioned earlier that these French new wave directors really love Nicholas Ray. So mm-hmm. Truffaut called, referred to this movie as Beauty and the Beast and Sterling Hayden as Beauty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um Godard, that. he I'll, well not word for word, but he definitely referenced this scene where Johnny and Vienna are, I think she's got she like gets up in the middle of the night in this ridiculous nightgown that she would not have had. Um, oh, but yeah. she like goes downstairs and they start talking. The nightgown cape. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And they have this exchange where he's so pathetic, where he's just like lie to me, just yeah. Lie to me. Like, I have it here. He goes, Tell me something nice. Sure. What do you want to hear? Lie to me. Tell me all these years you've waited. Tell me. All these years I've waited. Tell me you'd have died if I hadn't come back. I would have died if you hadn't come back. Tell me you still love me like I love you. I still love you like you love me. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Lie lie to me. Tell me all these years you've waited. And she goes, all these years I've waited. (laughs) Tell me you'd have died if I hadn't come back. I would have died if you hadn't come back. Tell me you still love me like I love you. I still love you like you love me. (laughs) And her delivery, though. Oh, my God. This is the scene that that is in uh, Women I was going to say, is this breakdown. the scene that they're dubbing in Women yeah. on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown? Yeah. The mm-hmm. main characters yeah. are are doing the, the Spanish voiceover for it. Uh, yeah, that scene is wild. And no, you're right. I just looked it up. Uh, Sterling Hayden, six foot five. Yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah, a big dude. And Joan Crawford, I mean. Little. Not for nothing. When you go see her little footprints. Yeah. Those high heels are like tiny little baby shoes. They're like little teacups. Yeah, she was probably like five two. Yeah, five one, five two. Wow. Yeah, wild. But her presence is crazy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's why yeah. she needed the shoulder pads. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Even her out. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of like at her feet, and so is uh, the dancing kid. But yeah. she like she has so many good speeches in this movie where she's like. <laughs> He's upset that that she moved on from him. She's like, did did you wait for me? Of course not. Of course you didn't. He says something like, How many, how many men have you forgotten? 
And she's like, as many women as you've remembered. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And then she's like, her speech is so good when she's like, a man can lie, steal, and even kill. But as long as he hangs on to his pride, he's still a man. And she goes, a woman slips up once and she's a tramp. And she goes, it must be a great comfort to you to be a man. A man can lie, steal, and even kill. But as long as he hangs on to his pride, he's still a man. All a woman has to do is slip once. And she's a tramp must be a great comfort to you to be a man yeah oh my god she has so many good speeches in this movie yes uh yeah that's the thing i i kind of just the ones that stuck out to me were the ones that where she was either addressing emma or addressing the the posse or whatever but yeah her her exchanges with with johnny guitar are pretty good it it is (laughs) and i guess oh if they did that 1950s thing where like we can't see there can't be a sex scene or anything. Right. Sure. So they, they end that scene where they kiss and then the next day it's clear that they Yeah. Fucked the last night. <laughs> and because they're all of a sudden really nice. And then the 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 cute way that they refer to it is the John Carradine character says something like, Ah, see, all a man needs is a smoke and a cup of coffee. But you know, he's saying, Oh, he got laid, like that's why. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he's in such a good mood right now (laughs) (laughs) but i do have a couple notes on how joan really developed this project so yeah she was the one who she bought the rights to the book and um as the screenwriter a blacklisted screenwriter philip jordan she went to him and i guess she she's she had him come out to the set had him come out to sedona and she was like she even said, she goes, I want to be the man. She goes, I want to play the man's part in this movie. She said, I'm Clark Gable. It's Vienna. That's got to be the leading role. And she was the one, it was at her insistence that that shootout happens at the end where she shoots Emma. That's wow. at her insistence. She said, uh, she said to him, I have no part. I just stand around with boots and have a few stupid scenes. I want to play the man. I want to shoot it out at the end with Mercedes McCambridge. Um, and she goes, instead of me playing with myself in a corner, let Sterling play with himself in a corner. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have worked if Sterling would have would have shot her at the end. No, it has to be. It has to be Joan. It has to be Vienna. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. This the, the, the movie, it really it, it really picks up when. <laughs> Yeah, they the the dancing kid robs that bank, and then it was very stupid of them to do that. They like, yeah, so stupid. I mean, I guess they're just figure it's going to be their one last hurrah. They're yeah. actually going to leave town. They're like, yeah. fine, fuck it. This town sucks. We, we might as well get some money out of this. Yeah, but everything goes wrong. It was if they were going to do it, they might as well have done it then because that was what's his name's funeral. So every they knew everybody was going to be at the funeral. So, yep. Yes, it was a good plan, but I don't know. Small town. They and of course they bring their troubles back to uh Vienna. Well, Turkey shows up and she has to hide him. And she's she's so cold though when she's like he's just lying there bleeding and she's like, Boys who play with guns need to be prepared to die like men or something like that. Yeah. She, she like wasn't I mean, I guess she did try to help him because she hit him under the table. Yeah. So yeah. that when they show up and she's in her iconic outfit. Her red, her um, white dress in front of the rock wall playing the piano. She, he's yeah. hiding under the table. She delivers another awesome speech to the mob. 
the mob who are about to per perform a summary execution. They're just gonna, no trial. They're just gonna hang these two people. They discover Turkey under the table and then Emma is just filled with glee. Like, haha, now I can implicate you in this and prove that you were in on this robbery. We're well, gonna kill you. Pretty much talks like the sheriff into no trial, just yeah. Just and then he dies. They're like, I don't know. Like, well, let's let's take a minute and we'll go from there. Emma's just like, nope. Summary executions. Because yep. he does, the sheriff does stand up to her. He's like, no, no, I'll shoot anyone who comes up here to take her. <laughs> and then um, what happens here? He Not gets hurting. shot. Old Tom. No, Emma Small shoots him. Yeah. Emma shoots the sheriff. Or no, no, wait. Emma Small shoots John Carradine. John, and John Carradine shoots the sheriff. You know, when he falls, he yeah. shoots him. In it. Yeah, he shoots him. Yeah. So no one is there to stand in the way. Almost in Vienna's last speech, she just about shamed everybody. Yeah. Enough. And yeah. to be like, okay. Leave. This bitch, Emma, is crazy. We need to get the but hell out. But then Turkey, like, rolls out from underneath rolls the table. Rolls out from underneath the craps table. Oh, my God. And then, and then all hell breaks loose. But, yeah, Emma straight up. She sees John Carradine out there pointing a gun and she just boom. Boom. She's a sharpshooter too. Yeah. yeah. Oh he dies. God. Yeah. Her one of her only friends, uh, Vienna's friend. They yeah. she doesn't go down without a fight, though. They come to grab her. She's oh. throwing glasses and stuff yeah. at him. And this was kind of a reference to McCarthyism when you know, like the Red Scare, when they worse yeah. Turkey into lying that, yeah, she wasn't on it the whole time, and then they kill him anyway. Yeah. Uh, so rude. Right? <laughs> yeah, they drag them both outside for a summary execution and they hang they hang poor turkey. Turkey. But when it comes to Vienna, I like that they're like, I can't do it. Not because she didn't do anything. Because she's, she's a woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> Emma is like, Are you fucking kidding me? She's like, I'll do it, damn it. <laughs> they're like, all right, here, then do it. Bitch. And they like she was going to. She totally. She's about to do it. No, she whipped the horse. The horse was yeah. about to take off. Yeah, and but then conveniently Sterling Hayden was there. Yeah. And they don't even like, try to stop him. Really, he <laughs> rescues her, and right um, they run off to the hideout. But uh, it was wild when they yeah, going through that waterfall. Yeah. Well, no. First, they have to cross the little river. They have to cross the little and river. We the, see Joan getting the, the river. a body double. <laughs> Yep. Because the, the gang always is on horseback when yeah. the river and it's just like splashy splash, you get across. Well, no, now Joan, now Vienna and Johnny Guitar have to cross this river on their own, yeah. which they probably could have walked across. They're like, no, <laughs> so I'm going to swan dive <laughs> headfirst into this. And it's clearly not her. It's so funny. Oh, but there's that there's that crazy shot where it's like this gets referenced a lot where like they're outside, and then all of a sudden, they're on a studio set. Yeah, when she's in, when she and uh, Sterling Hayden are leaning on the fence, and they're clearly on a set with a painting behind them, and with a matte <laughs> painting, and and a, and Joan insisted on. She's like, "No, I'm going to be shot in a studio. If you're doing these shots of my face, oh yeah, I need to be in control of that light lighting. Like, all my close-ups need to be on a stage, on a studio. Yeah, because uh, because I can't control natural light." It's a beautiful shot, them leaning up against the fence. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. That's that that painting behind them of that sunset. It is beautiful. Sunset or sunrise, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, I love the whole the whole idea of that. A, she swam across the river. Yep. B she walked through a waterfall. Yeah. 
And she's just like, I just need to change my clothes. Yeah. And she's like, I'll use Turkey's hot roller. That's that's why he was wearing that garish yellow shirt. I was like, why is he in this shirt? It's so weird. And then it's because Joan. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm going to be wearing yellow and bright yellow in this shootout in the end. Yeah. I mean, that's the big image that you think of when you yeah. think of Johnny Guitar. I haven't even seen the movie, but I knew that image. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's got she's got like a one of those like cast iron combs that you like stick in the stick in the yeah. stove. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Just give me one moment to freshen up. So good. Because so her much. hair is her hair is perfect. Yeah. They're in the hide. They're in their little hideaway in this, I don't know, abandoned silver mine or something. But you know whose hair isn't perfect after they go through the waterfall is Mercedes McCambridge. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Wet hair, looks like she just got sprayed by the hose. So funny, it's so good. Yeah, so there's this showdown at the the uh, hideout, right, where they're yeah. cornered. Dancing kid and his gang are cornered. There's a whole mob outside for them. There's infighting. Ernest Borgnine kills yeah. the guy. Mm-hmm. He stabs him, and he's like about he's gonna turn on the dancing kid because he doesn't like how he's been running the show. Yep. Um, but he gets shot. I forgot. Who shoots him? Johnny Guitar shoots Ernest Borgnine, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like either Johnny Guitar or or yeah or Dancing Kid just kind of take him out because yep shoots him and then <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> I mean, all this takes place after Vienna has the wherewithal to make bacon and eggs. <laughs> you know, and it's like life or death. <laughs> oh, is that bacon? Oh, okay, cool. I got, I got you. <laughs> She's like, see, I can cook. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, what is she doing? Oh, she's making bacon. And then he straight up is like, got any eggs? Yeah. <laughs> Why, how would they even have eggs in this hideout? It makes no sense that they would have eggs up there. But no, okay. uh, in most places other than the United States, people do not refrigerate their eggs. Ah. Like um, in Europe, in the UK, and France and stuff, they're not in the refrigerator. They just had a chicken up there. Like they're keeping a little hen. Yeah, they're just sitting yeah, I mean, our, keep them on a cool um, shelf. They're, they'll be fine. <laughs> our eggs at TJ's aren't uh the little box isn't really that cold. Yeah, it's a refrigerator, it's not a freezer or anything. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, I just I just thought that was funny that she was straight up making breakfast. I'm like, it's, it's you're good. about to like <laughs> we're gonna be faced up by an angry mob. It's like, yeah, no, this is what's important right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then so this is wild how this happens. So dancing kid he did not have to die but he like he rushed out because he he was like i think what mercedes mccambridge was about to shoot or they're, having their, they're, they're having their final little like go down kind of a yeah kind of a duel really just like yeah the- it's so it's uh vienna and emma are facing off on this walkway thing yeah. and Emma does shoot Vienna in the arm or the shoulder or something. And then dancing kid is like, no. And out of jealousy and spite, Emma just shoots him in the head. Straight yeah. up. Oh my God. In the head. They showed that in the, they, in the 50s. I mean, I guess that this was the character getting her comeuppance with the production code. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that you see his bloody head when yeah, she shot, you see the yep. shot in his forehead. Yep. Ooh, she shoots yeah. him in the head, and then Vienna shoots her in the head. Right yeah. up, Vienna's just like boom, done. Well, it is very interesting that dur- throughout this whole shootout, you know, they this entire posse 
of like the whole t- all the men in the town and MacIvers. The sheriff is now dead. This is just a vigilante posse. They finally find this crew, and MacIvers is like, "Wait a minute, eh. what the hell are we doing?" Yeah. Once Vienna kills Emma, they all just disperse. They just let them go. They yes. let they let Vienna and Johnny Guitar because everyone else is dead. The yeah. entire crew yeah. is dead. What is Johnny Guitar and Vienna going to do after the events of this movie? Oh, yeah, we forgot the part where Emma burned her saloon down. <laughs> yeah, she burned her saloon <laughs> down. She, no. When she shot that chandelier. Oh, she's, oh. oh, she's burning this mother down. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing, though? Her performance when it goes up in flames and she's just cackling. Completely lost her mind. Yeah, she's just, it's yeah. Ugly. We were kind of on the edge of our seat when you first see Joan lighting this, the chandelier. Oh, I'm funky. it up. I was like, God, every day you got to yeah. do this? Jeez Louise. It was, oh, it was gorgeous, though. That wood floor, everything. Yeah. And she built that saloon on her back. It's implied that she built it through sex work because she, yeah. because uh, Johnny's like, I, want, I don't want to know. Yeah. She's like, do you want to know how I built this place? He's like, no. And she's like, you're going to listen. Uh, oh, my God. I love it. Uh, another thing that I read about this is that the, some of the footage of her saloon being I saw that on fire yeah. was yeah. reused several times and they repurposed it TV shows yeah. and things if they ever need to find I mean that's a really good town that's a really good shot of that saloon on fire yeah it's better yeah. than having to do that yourself right just buy the stock footage rather than build a set to burn it down we'll just buy this this footage but but yeah that that was what and that that's when you yeah when you're like okay if I didn't think so already Emma Small is completely beyond. She's lost her mind. Yeah, people use the word unhinged a lot. No, that. Yeah. No, Emma Smalls. That is unhinged. And that's when she is giving like, like the carry arms. Like her hands are just. Oh my god! Yeah, Uh, she's the wicked witch. Like she's never been happier than when she's watching that place burn to the ground. Absolutely. Yep. So. for the AFI, hundred years, hundred villains and heroes. Yeah. Apparently, Emma Small was nominated. I don't think that she made the top fifty. Oh, yep, <laughs> a good one. Evil. <laughs> it was. She was iconic. Yeah. So good. And the fact that they're very coded as this puritanical mob. They're all in black and white. And this was in the middle of the Red Scare, yeah. the witch hunt in Hollywood. When did Miller write? When did that play come out? The Crucible was that around this time? I don't know, but I want to say probably late fifties. Okay, so maybe it hadn't come out yet, but yeah, this was like definitely referencing that. Yeah. Sure. So, but what an iconic movie! What a. I was reading an interesting yeah. quote just right now on Wikipedia from Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Kind of talking about contemporary American audiences, what they thought of this movie. Oh yeah. Didn't really know what to think of it, so they either ignored it or laughed it off. But European audiences, on the other hand, yeah. Not- uh, not having the same biases that American audience that American audiences have had the Western guitar for yeah. what it was an intense, unconventional, stylized picture full of amb- ambiguities and subtext that rendered its ex- extremely modern. So I think that audiences at the time really didn't know what to do with it. What do we do with this movie? Yeah. 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 It was trying too many different things. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder the French New Wave, these like Godard and Truffaut, they loved this movie. And it kind of subverted the classic Western tropes like uh, 
in a similar way to the those spaghetti westerns. They just turn those tropes on their head. So it's like I can see why Europeans would dig this because they're not as attached to the mythos of the American West, what a cowboy movie should be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, though. Yeah. Uh, like I said at the beginning, this was our first view of yeah, it. It was a fun watch. As we're watching it, I'm just sitting here going, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> it's gorgeous. You could watch it with the sound off and just enjoy it. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The color, the true, yeah, true color. I did. I hadn't heard of that. It was, you know, yeah. after um, Technic Technicolor, it was a different coloring process that was even more vivid and kind of gaudy, like garish, these colors. But well, it I was going to say it's more, I mean, is it probably more how colors probably red on set than Technicolor? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I, I know. mean, there's those, a whole those color processes. Are there's crazy. a whole Wikipedia article on true on color. True color, yeah. It was a, the the colors look even brighter, even more vivid than uh, than your Technicolor pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um, gorgeous to look at. Beautiful. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, and just 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 a lot of fun. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes people maybe get a little turned off by older movies just because mm -hmm. of pacing feels yeah. different dialogue is kind of funny whatever but i don't know something about this one is just it's very watchable mm -hmm. i think to a modern audience to me at least i was i didn't i never felt bored or i never felt mm -hmm. like oh this is i mean obviously it's dated it's from the 50s but oh yeah um but at the same time i don't know i just maybe have an appreciation for camp or whatever but i did it think it's very very watchable and yeah I think it's accessible to a modern audience who may not be as familiar with like maybe Westerns or, or older, older movies. Don't yeah. be, don't be scared by the age. No, the don't. Yeah. If, especially, yeah. If you love camp and even just, if you're interested in the evolution of filmmaking, watch this movie. Yeah. And this, this movie is in the library of Congress as well. It's uh, in the United States national film registry. Okay. I think, yeah, if you're a classic movie lover, must see for sure. Did you notice that um, Pedro Omodovar's current short with uh, Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke, they sort of mock up the poster of Johnny Guitar. Oh, no, I didn't see the poster. Google the, Google the images because okay. they position both Ethan and Pedro looking like Joan does on the... Yeah. So well, her stance is iconic. She's just in this wide stance with her hands on her hips so yeah. good. glad you enjoyed the the watch the picture as they yeah. would say the picture yeah. absolutely thank yeah thank you for bringing this one to yeah, us thanks. We, we have been looking for an excuse to watch this movie for a long time we haven't really yeah. covered any westerns on our show i mean yeah. over 200 episodes um oh, wow <laughs> i would yeah. love to do a movie like johnny guitar or even red river have you ever seen red river yeah, that's super gay. Yeah. That has major <laughs> queer subtext in it. Yeah. And uh, Mark that's a good movie. On, he was just on TCM because mm -hmm. uh, he programmed some movies this weekend. He was talking about Red River just because mm -hmm. the killer flowers of the flowers of the killer moon. Of the killer killers moon. of the flower moon. Killers of the flower moon. Yep. So um, Red River is really good. It is good. The 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 one with the John Wayne Montgomery Clift, yeah, very good. And um, I think another great movie I referenced last time that would be fun to do together is Leave Her to Heaven. It's a noir, but it's like if you don't talk about Unhinged with this one, 
she's on it. It's like original Gone Girl, and you can't believe that this movie came out in like 1945. It's so good, and that has Gene Tierney, who's iconic in it. So maybe next time around we can do Leave Her to Heaven. We're gonna have you on in December on our show. Yeah, for Get the for woman for the Winona one, right? Oh, yes. I mean, yes. we'll probably be discussing the Greta Gerwig one. Yeah. I grew up, I mean, I grew up. Yes. In- oh, me too. We always watch that movie um, in December. And that's another one where it's like, why it, it's not necessarily a Christmas movie, but I always associate right. it. Oh, yeah. I always watch it on the holidays. Yeah. Cause it starts, the movie starts at Christmas time, but it goes through like years and years of their lives. But I always associate it with Christmas. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Gorgeous movie. So what are, what else are you, you two up to and where can, listeners find you we just um like we said we uh are just powering through our october through our halloween uh kind of spooky schedule yes but um you can always find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or apple Podcasts, spotify all of those good ones um just search movies that made us gay yeah uh, yeah our socials were most active on instagram so if you Check us yeah. out at movies that made us gay on Instagram. That's where you can see all of our upcoming episodes. And, We're going to have uh, a lot of fun of movies coming up this mm-hmm. November in December. We're going to be doing our first James Bond movie. Ooh, wait, which one? Can you We're tell? We're doing A View to a Kill. That yeah. one's crazy. That Grace Jones. Grace Jones. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Walken. Yeah. 80s Walken. Yep. 80s Christopher Walken. Like young Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that movie yeah. is wild. Oh my god, what a great choice! So much fun, and and you have a back catalog of like two hundred episodes, right? Absolutely, yeah. So if you're looking for like a movie podcast, <laughs> like, a lot. There's bound to be a movie in there that you like. So. I listen. To, I listen to a lot because I have a commute at least thirty minutes each way, so I'll listen. I listen to stuff. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, look us up. Yes. Thanks so much for joining me. For having us. Yeah. Yes. I look forward to our next episode. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This was a great time. A fun. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good Bye. weekend. Bye. Bye. Play the guitar. Play it again. My Johnny. Maybe you're cold, but you're so warm inside. I was always a fool for my journey.